Hello, welcome to Smart Kids Politics Podcast. I'm Matthew Shaddock, and I'm joined as always by election forecaster extraordinaire Patrick Flynn. And this week we're going to be talking about the midterms, US midterms, only a few days away. And we are very lucky to have a special guest actually from America, US's favourite political betting commentator, Alex Keeney, Keen Dog from Star Spangled Gamblers. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Shads. I love being on your home court here today. Uh, congratulations on getting this pod going. I've really been enjoying it. Yeah, well, it's great you could join us. Um, let's just get straight into it. What's your sort of meta feeling about the midterms? Are you mostly backing Dems, Republicans, picking off individual races? How do you see it overall? So I think, um, and we, we've discussed this ad nauseum on our podcast, but I think it's a Republican year. I think you probably need a good reason to be backing Democrats at this point. Um, now, in the U.S., the markets, I think, are way overpricing Republican wins in all of the places that you've probably been talking about and tracking. So as a better, it's kind of a difficult moment for me because I don't want to be caught you know, on the wrong side of the wave. But I also don't want to be paying the kind of prices that uh, most of our exchanges over here are asking to be uh, backing Republicans. So it's a very strange moment. I I'm just hoping that maybe the night before the election, there's a little bit of a reset on pricing because I got a lot of money that's not doing anything right now. <laughs> so, I mean, just on the main, I suppose the biggest volume market is just control of the Senate. Current prices markets, which I think are quite similar to the U.S. prices, 69%. Republican control of the Senate. Do you feel strongly one way or the other about that? Mm, maybe a little high, but, you know, only by inches. Um, our markets are over 70 now. I'm not buying at that price, but um, I, I do think it would be foolish to um, uh, to think that this is the, you know, the Democrats race to win this year. There's just too many wins blowing the wrong way. Patrick, you tweeted something out about this earlier. What do you think? Yeah, I'm probably about 60-40, same as Alex. Um, slightly higher than the you know poll-based focusing models, but not quite as high as the markets. Um, I've been a little bit intrigued by the kind of idea that the betting markets are picking up on swings before the poll-based forecasters do. Um, like we discussed this on the last episode, but I did a bit more research into it over the last week. And it turns out you can best model 538's probability of the Democrats holding the Senate, not by looking at the betting markets on the same day, but looking at what they were saying five days ago. So it's quite interesting, that kind of disparity. Um, I'm not sure whether, that's, whether that is just a coincidence, but if the theory is true, you'd expect 538's forecast to not really change that much over the next week because the betting markets haven't really moved over the last few days. Um, but the economists will probably move a bit more in the Republicans' favour, I think. Alex, have you been involved in the pile on, on Nate Silver <laughs> at all recently? Uh, you know, I love to throw Rotten Tomatoes at Nate Silver because he's Nate Silver and, you know, he's the king. Uh, I really appreciate the work he does. Um, I'm going to really enjoy when we smoke him in this election and uh, sort of prove our mettle <laughs> as forecasters. But I will still always respect Nate Silver. Like, I couldn't do what I do. You, I don't know if any of us could do what we do if it wasn't for some of the information he provides. So um, officially, yeah, that bro's going down. But unofficially, like, come on, he's Nate. We got to respect him. <laughs> All right, well, what about any individual Senate races? I mean, I... I don't know if you've noticed, Alex, but there's been quite a lot of politics going on in the UK recently, so I haven't had that much time to look in depth at every single race. Um, any in particular you're, you've got a big position on or you're interested in still betting on? 
So here's what I'm thinking about right now. I don't have a lot of really spicy thoughts, and I told you that I'm really, really scared by how expensive it is to back Republicans at this point. So I think I'm liking to um, to just pretend this race in Georgia between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. I'm liking uh, uh, thinking of that as a uh, what do you call it a runoff race. So I'd rather buy in like the thirty percentish range that this goes to a runoff than spend say you know sixty to sixty five cents a share to back a kind of questionable Republican candidate in a Republican wave. So I'm sort of liking that play. Um, I think that if polls are showing um, Republicans maybe having an advantage or facing kind of even odds, you can probably assume that that means they're going to win. So the only overpriced Republican that I'm really on right now is Adam Laxalt in Nevada. Um, I have been backing Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, but, you know, he's still... I. I'm, I like to say all polls are fake. Obviously, not all polls are fake, but it really has surprised me that that he has not had like any meaningful polls that show him ahead in that race. At this point, it is kind of concerning to me. Um, but also at this point, who really cares? You know, we're so far down the line. We should like, are we really going to learn anything between now and Election Day? Like we just know we're going to be surprised in some places and in other places we aren't. So uh, your guess is as good of my, as mine on some of these. It's just, you know, a pricing play at this point. Yeah, Pennsylvania is the one I've actually paid a bit of attention to. I don't think I've had a bet yet. Um, current price is 64% Republican. I mean, I guess I'm a bit like you. I'm kind of hoping the market will get even more pro-Republican, and then perhaps I'll have a bet on Fetterman um, nearly the off. But just to just explain to people who haven't been following this, I mean, John Fetterman's health seems to be the main issue here, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, John John Fetterman is like a six foot five ogre of a Bernie bro. He had a brutal stroke uh, this summer, and um, and that's not really a good thing when you're in a tight race in a state that you know nominally on paper favors Republicans by a little bit. So you know Dr. Oz, TV star, star here in the states, a heart surgeon, uh, a university athlete at Harvard. I mean, you can't really build a thicker, more qualified resume for for being good on the stump than Dr. Oz has really been closing the gap after a slow start. So I think probably in the States, that's the race people are talking about the most right now. And um, maybe the most important, just given, uh, you know, Pennsylvania has been a state that's ping pong back and forth between Republicans and Democrats since, I don't know, like the time that the Duke of York was marching his army around there in 1780, whatever. So it's, it's just a, a fascinating state uh, for our nation. Anything you've been paying particular attention to, Patrick? To be honest, not really. Um, I kind of got caught on the wrong side of that Pennsylvania market because I was backing, I was backing Fetterman quite early, <laughs> well, relatively early, like in September. Um, so I'm just hoping that the red wave isn't quite it's, as big. Yeah, it's been a sort of amazing test case for polls versus markets because the betting markets had Oz ahead, yeah. even though he was behind in, I think, every single poll, Alex. Is that right? Until quite yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, occasionally he gets a Trafalgar, Trafalgar, bleh, how do you say it? Trafalgar there. Did I say that right? That's a, that's Trafalgar, a what yeah. is it? Trafalgar Square mm -hmm. in uh, London. Um, anyway, Trafalgar is a, is a pollster that I, usually favors Republicans and, and has favored Oz, but really no I one think you had the, the guy behind that on your podcast quite recently. Yeah, yeah. Did you know Alex? That was quite a good episode. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, what did I, you think I, of him? Uh, Kahili? Um, you know, yeah. their record isn't extensive. I'm kind of inclined to take them seriously, though. Um, and, uh, you know, grudgingly, I think a lot of people in the industry take them seriously, too. So I, I take what he does. Let me just say it emphatically. 
I take his polling seriously. I understand why people have doubts about it, but um, you know, all of these things are just single data points for, for us to consider as we sort of build our own personal forecasts. I mean, do you have a philosophy about this? Well, I guess I've been quite skeptical of the Republican leaning pollsters in recent cycles, but you can't really get away from the fact that they were a lot closer than most people and certainly in the last presidential election and the Senate races in 2020. Yeah, yeah. What do you, so do you... Um, Any governance races, Alex, that we should be looking at that are fun? Well, okay. Like, I want to ask you guys about this because, you know, I'm here, I'm in the States. I spend too much time thinking about it. What are, like, do you guys spend any time thinking about the Southwest, you know, those states in the desert, uh, you know, uh, Nevada, Arizona? I mean, like, I I'm actually kind of baffled by the governor's races, especially in Arizona, where, you know, Carrie Lake, who seems to be auditioning for, like, a horror movie role, you know, the MAGA, you know, killer or something like that, is apparently way ahead in polls of her Democratic opponent. But at the same time, Blake Masters is the Republican in the Senate side is nowhere to be found. And I can't make sense of that. I mean, do you have a do you have a theory about what? Well, funny enough, the BBC had 10 o'clock news last night had a report from Arizona with Kerry Lake, yeah. essentially portraying her as a uh, Trumpist nutcase. Um, and it was astonishing that she would have any this people like this would have any chance to win was the BBC's angle. Um, I can't pretend I've followed it any more closely than that. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. was that the one where there was that viral video that went around of the candidates for governor? I think Carrie Lake has a lot of viral videos of her because she's. It's not that she says things that are controversial; it's that she says them with such certainty and such clarity. And um, I mean, it's like, don't don't read into this too much. But you know when like. Vladimir Putin says something ridiculous, but he says it with such confidence and certainty. You're like, did he, did he really just say that? Like, did he, did he, you know, Carrie Lake has that thing where it's just like so sincere and so down the barrel that you just, you can't believe what you just heard. And then you start to kind of believe it because, because of the way she delivers the words. She's a very unique um, candidate and it seems like it's working right now. I guess the people that we sort of know best over here, like Beto O'Rourke in Texas, Stacey Abrahams in Georgia, so but it looks like they're both pretty much toast, right? I mean, they're both trading in single figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's free money. I think that's free money. I oh, think really? Tim, <laughs> um, Tim Ryan in um, Ohio. Oh, yeah. You know, JD Vance hasn't polled especially well, but you know, Ohio polls have a pretty long track record of undercounting Republicans. I think that's a free money bet. Take it to the bank. Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. That's in the '80s in U.S. markets. Again, free money bet. You know, put it, just put it in your pocket. Um, I'm a little bit skeptical right now. It's popular to be backing Republicans in states that would be unthinkable for them to win, like um, Washington in the Northwest, and of course New York, which um, everyone in the British Isles knows. I'm very skeptical of that. My partner Pratik Chogli loves betting Republicans in New York. You can ask him why. Um, but I think right now, like. <laughs> I'm mostly just kind of waiting to hope we get a reset on some of these prices because I'm on the outside looking in. Yeah, Patrick, there's not much happening in the betting for house control, is there? No, not really. That kind of just looks like a, a bit of one-way traffic. Like even it, it's become so Republican that now the House and Senate control market is effectively just a market on whether the Republicans will yeah. win the Senate because it's like, I think, 60 67% they'll win both and 68% they'll win the Senate. So it's no different, really. Let me ask you something, Alex. Yeah. If the Republicans do control the House, which looks very likely, 
Uh, Smarkets have got a market on whether Biden will be impeached during his first term. Are they going to go ahead and do that for the hell of it, or is that possible? I love that you're asking this because just this morning I sold my position on that bet. Now, I'm a little bit of a weenie, and I can be a little bit risk-averse. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad bet, to be honest. Like, what is it in, in the U.S. that bet's around, like, 33 cents or something? What do you guys have it at? 25, 26 to back yes. I think that's I like a good that. buy, to be honest. Um, you know, you Talk know us through the thinking of Republicans there. Well, um, if you know that, I used to work in the House of Representatives. And if you even casually observe the House, it is like the cafeteria of a high school. You know, it's drama, cliques, food fights, uh, bullies, nerds. I mean, it's just total, total chaos. And um, if you look at, you know, Republican majorities in particular, um, they have really, really struggled to kind of keep um, keep a leash on the more radical, uh, more kind of hardline conservatives going back years. This is a problem that the Democrats have had, you know, since 2018. It is a problem that the Republicans have had for more than a decade. So I think, um, obviously, you know, Kevin McCarthy, the likely Republican Speaker of the House, He's already kind of made some concessions to try and buy votes from the kind of right wing constituency. He's befriended and brought into the tent people who, you know, were the ones who sabotaged John Boehner and Paul Ryan, the last two Republican speakers of the House for, you know, being like beta cook, like liberal, uh, you know, whatever that is. So, I mean, at some point he's going to have to throw these guys a bone. At some point he's going to have to buy off their votes. And honestly, you know that they're going to be convening committees about Hunter Biden's laptop, whatever dealings Joe Biden's family has had with China or Ukraine or something like that. I mean, so there's going to be committee reports. There's going to be testimony, i.e. there's going to be targets to shoot an impeachment charge at. So at 25 cents, yeah, I would take that bet. I think that's a good one. Would I hold it all the way? Maybe not. But you know that that hearing and that report and that, you know, you know, 30 members of the Freedom Caucus are going to be demanding uh, the impeachment. So you'll probably get a spike at some point, I would think. I mean, I don't know. That was that was a lot of noise for me. Yeah, I guess even right. day after the midterms, once they if they've won a majority in the House, yeah, that'll be yeah. on the news when it's straight away, the possibility of this happening, and maybe that will just force the price up without anything else having to happen yeah. for you. Yeah, that, that seems like a reasonable assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So while we've got you on, Alex, um, UK viewers might not know this, but... It seems like legalized, regulated political betting in the U.S. could be all over very soon. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, we say that we're kind of a prudish country. The, uh, the Puritans from uh, your, your fine land were some of our original settlers at Plymouth Rock. And, uh, you know, their traditions of being skeptical of gambling and um, drinking and many of the things that are fun in life are very much still part of our uh, legal practices and constitutions here. So um, political betting operates uh, on a very, very thin line in the United States, and the Biden administration has uh, made efforts to withdraw uh, what legal cover our exchanges do have to exist. So um, Predict It operates under one legal structure. The Biden administration has said we want to get rid of that. They're in court uh, defending their right to operate right now. Um, some other exchanges who use different legal faculties are also kind of fighting for their life uh, with different bureaucracies. But it's um, certainly not a rosy moment in the um, history of political betting uh, and event trading in the United States. And there's ample reason to be pessimistic about what the near term will look like. And what are the alternatives for people in the U.S. if Kelsey and predicted the ones we're sort of talking about, if they're both 
disallowed from taking these sorts of action. Is there well, think, any, any other options for you guys? I think one would be to uh, move to the Lon to London and start hanging out with you guys. In this That's the best option, office. yeah. <laughs> uh, the other would be, can you get uh, can you get your boy Trost to maybe set up some U.S. operations? Like, um, you know, if Trost can't do it, no one can. We do have a license in a couple of U.S. states, but unfortunately, those states don't allow sports books to take political bets just yet. So maybe that's where the next battle will be for you guys, I guess, trying to get the individual states to license it. Oh, no, man, I guess there might be some pressure that lead up to the 2024 presidential election. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, the options aren't great. You know, a lot of traders uh, find loopholes to use exchanges overseas. I won't really detail that for all of our sake. Um, you know, there are people who trade on uh, crypto denominated exchanges. So there is an offshore industry, you know, my bookie and sort of sketchy Puerto Rican, you know, fake gambling exchanges. So there will be an offshore betting market that draws from the United States. But I think as far as the robust community we have and like the benefits for forecasting and, um, you know, public, all the things we enjoy and all the things that we glean from these markets will be gone. Um, you know, if the Biden administration uh, does what they have said they intend to do. So uh, we hope that won't happen, but um, maybe that's just the world we're going to be living in. In my previous job, the last midterms in 2018, we actually had somebody flying from Las Vegas with 150,000 sterling in cash, turning up at a betting shop, backing the Republicans to win a majority in the House that year. That was quite fun. Was that, uh, there's this one guy here who always makes a big show. Don't mention his name. <laughs> okay. But you probably do know his name. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Alex, thanks so much for joining us. That was great. Uh, thank you, Shads and Patrick. Nice to meet you. Um, look forward to collaborating yeah, again sometime soon. Starspangledgamblers.com on all of your podcast delivery devices and on YouTube too. I'm Keen Dog on Twitter at Keen Dog. Got to get that self promo in. Star Spangled Gamblers, bro, and Shads, can't wait to have you back sometime. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, as ever. Whichever way you're watching or listening, please like, subscribe, or register your approval in any way which you can. Um, good luck if you're back in the midterms, and we'll see you on the other side next week. Mm -hmm.